It's Thursday, it's NFL Week 8, and it's Giants-Jets Sunday at MetLife Stadium, so you know what that means. It's time for the Blue Rush Preview Show. It's your Giants show and podcast for the New York Post and SNY. Ladies and gentlemen, this game needs zero hype. Both of these teams need a win, but for different reasons. So let's get straight into the show. We're going to continue to bring you guys some fire guests for Know Your Enemy. We have Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. And I went into the locker room to talk with Giants, Jason Pinnock and Wandale Robinson. And don't worry, we still have your prop bets as well. So let's introduce the Blue Rush team. He's Giants beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Super Bowl champ, Lawrence Tynes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gentlemen, it's Snoopy Bowl, whatever you want to call it. It's must-win games, and it comes down to Tyrod Taylor versus Zach Wilson, Giants, Jets, Brian Dable versus Robert Sala. It doesn't matter. There's always hype uh, behind this game. What's going on, fellas? How you guys feeling? Very good. Good. I, I'm have a little issue with um, Brian Costello being on the uh, know know your enemy. I mean, he's a he's a he's a, a loyal New York Post scribe. I mean, enemy know your enemy just because he covers the Jets. That's just one of those segment Listen, names. Listen, we should know. have done yeah. an over under on this game for the amount of children by head coaches. I think there's 12 combined. This is the most children <laughs> combined by head coaches this season, probably right. Six and six. That's wild. Obscure stat yeah. of the week. That's that's right? that's I think going Stahl to the has stats. six kids. I think he has six and and uh Dable has six. So yeah, twelve a like, twelve pack of kids. Is, is that like a, a next gen stat? Next gen stat or a PFF stat or <laughs> no, a, that's a stat? No, it is next that's gen. A, next generation. Mm, They're kids. Yeah. Uh, next gen and next yeah, that's gen. A, and that's gen a lot of damn gen. kids. I got two. <laughs> Holy cow. Six? Six apiece. You know Will means? they be at the game? That Will they be in little Jets and Giants jerseys this week? Maybe we make them play each other. Yeah, that means these coaches are hungry, <laughs> right? They're hungry yeah. because their kids are hungry. hungry. They got they got to feed oh. these kids, man. So this is winner take all. Yeah. All right, we got to feed yeah. our kids here at Blue Rush. So, Paul, let's go straight into your practice report. Uh, injury updates and storylines. What are you hearing around Quest Diagnostics Training Center? Yeah, um, you know. Um, I, I, I was initially very optimistic when Brian Dable came out Wednesday morning and said, you know, everyone's going to practice except Gary Brightwell. You know, um, Andrew Thomas will be out there. Um, John Michael Schmitz will be out there. Um, you know, Evan Neal will be out there. And I'm like, great. Wow. You know, it's all systems go here. And then, you know, you watch the beginning of practice. And, you know, at one point in practice, um, Andrew Thomas and, and um, Evan Neal have their legs tethered together. And they're, you know, off on the side, like doing like little – stretching exercises and um you know that that didn't you know that he uh, you know they weren't really doing a lot of uh, individual drills with the offensive line and then after you know afterwards you go in the locker room and Andrew Thomas is like well they wanted me to just mimic what the other offensive linemen were doing today we're taking it very slow um did not at all sound like a player who's going to play this week now you know maybe he's kind of you know you know he said I'm really trying to make sure I'm staying level-headed and low-key look 
three weeks ago, he was he was ready to return, he thought, and he really had a setback before that game against Seattle. So um, they've taken it very slowly with him. So my mm. vibes in the locker room were not great with Andrew Thomas as far as him playing. Um, I did talk to John Michael Schmitz, and, you know, he's listed as limited. And I said, what do you do? He said, I did it all. He said, then, then he kind of said, well, I don't know. What, that's up to Dave's, you know, whatever Dave's list me at. But I did it all. So he sounded, he sounded a little more optimistic to play. Um, you know, Neil's got the ankle. You know, I think he's going to be a 50-50 guy. So, um, you know, what, what initially what I thought was going to be, you know, the return of the offensive line. You know, I asked Justin Pugh, you ready to go back to left guard? You know, he says, man, I'm a good left guard. You know, I played left guard for the last eight years. I'm a good left guard. He's chopping at the bit to play left guard. But after what I saw and felt yesterday, I think he's going to have to spend another week at uh, left tackle, unfortunately. Mm. All right, so both teams' offensive lines are kind of banged up. We'll talk with uh, Jets beat writer Brian Costello uh, about how the Jets' offensive line is banged up. But it's Jets-Giants. Everyone knows what this game means to the to New York, New Jersey. Uh, when I was with the Dolphins, we played against the Jets, but that was at Meadowlands Stadium. Times, you got a chance to do Jets-Dolphins at MetLife Stadium. Tell the people, what should we be looking forward to on Sunday. It's, uh, yeah. No, it's an exciting matchup. Uh, you know, it's not something you play every year. I played them in 07. We beat them. Uh, gave up a kickoff return, by the way. That did not feel good. And then in 2011, one of the top 10 biggest games of my career, uh, I played in a lot of big games. But because of the circumstances surrounding both teams, uh, playoff bound, playoff opportunity for the Jets and us, I remember the sense of urgency that week I felt from Tom Coughlin. Like, we had to have that game. We had to have it. The Jets had to have it. They were playing very well. They were coming off back-to-back playoff seasons. The whole Rex Ryan talked a lot. Bart Scott talked a lot. Um, I remember that game like yesterday. I actually even went back and watched it this week on the quick little 30-minute condensed version game. Man, what a football game. It was tight. Middle, you know, 10-7, middle of the third. You forget Plaxico Burris is playing for the Jets, which is weird. Ahmad Bradshaw has the run as he runs over Rodney Poole. Uh, there was a lot of big plays, obviously, Victor Cruz's 99-yard touchdown. What a cool game. Coach Coughlin tears his hamstring off the bone. Danny Ware runs into him on the sideline. Any other coach would have left the field in a stretcher. But as Coughlin said, no toughness, no championship. And he stayed through the playoffs. He stayed on the sideline, never got surgery. I don't even think he ever had surgery, but he ripped that hamstring off the bone, and it was black and blue from the top of his butt cheek down to his knee. Disgusting. Uh, he was in a lot of pain that whole playoff run, but um, that's old Tom, right? Tougher than woodpecker lips, as they say. Um, so we win the game, and that was – yeah, you get a visual there. What Woodpecker yeah. lips are, t- are tough. Uh, but man, I remember that game. Like, and, and more importantly, guys, don't forget the owners of these two teams. Uh, that happened to be on Christmas Eve. You beat the Jets. You do not want to lose and go home and have a terrible Christmas with your children. Um, so we win that game. I have a lot of respect for the Jets. They're always a tough football team. So I think it's an exciting matchup for the city and for people in the area to kind of talk smack to each other. But um, yeah, this will be a good one. I think both teams equally need it, right? Maybe the Giants a little more. We're talking about two tough defenses. Jets defense has kind of been playing lights out throughout the course of the year. And then the Giants defense obviously trending in the right direction. Defensively, we've got Wink Martindale versus Nathaniel Hackett. Paul, start us off. What are your key matchups for this game for the Jets de- uh, for the Giants defense to come out with another W? Um, you know, 
the Jets and 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 um, and Giants are, are two of the lowest scoring teams in the league, right? I mean, they they're just they're just brutally low scoring teams. Um, so you know, if if you're if you're Wink Martindale, you just have to say, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. Don't let Brees Hall rip off a forty yard run. Don't let Garrett Wilson, you know, catch. You know, he can do what Terry McLaurin did. You know, he can get ten passes for hundred yards. You know, you can deal with that. No touchdowns. You know, don't let him bust off something big. Don't let him, you know, wreck the game for us because, you know, the Jets have made it clear that Zach Wilson is not going to win the game for them. You know, he just, you know, they're they're the the worst passing offense in the league. Um, you know, and, and and is that right? Let me see. Uh, yeah, the Jets are 32nd, uh, less than 160 passing yards for game. So if you're Wink Martindale, his defense is playing really well the last two weeks, really well against Josh Allen. Uh, you know, they, they they deserve to win that game, um, certainly against Sam Howell. Um, you know, is Sam Howell sort of like a Zach Wilson? Not really, because the Jets don't let Zach Wilson turn it loose like the commanders let Sam Howell turn it loose. So I think um, this is a big, big game from Bobby Okereke. Big, big, you know, he's got to he's got to really limit Brees Hall in a big way. And look, Deontay Banks is playing terrific. He's playing terrific. He did a good job against McLaurin, you know, with help. And so I think um, this is a great matchup with him and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is I mean, you put him you, hey, you know, we watched that game. The Vikings played with Kirk Cousins, right? With no Justin Jefferson. Put Garrett Wilson on the field with Kirk Cousins. I mean. He is, he is, you know, he's going for a buck 80 or something. So, you know, Garrett Wilson's numbers are only limited because he's of the quarterback he has and what they run. So, um, you know, this is, this is a, a game where the Giants can really clamp down on defense because the Jets don't try to do a whole lot. And they're the worst team in the NFL on third down conversions. It's 25% they're converting on third down uh, times. Mm. Last week, the Giants did a great job bottling up the physical run game of the commanders, but Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook are in the backfield. How big is it? Is it going to be for this Giants defense to shut down that run game to force Zach Wilson to throw the ball on third down? Yeah, you got to get 11 hats to the ball. This Brees Hall guy is special talent. Um, 6.5 yards a carry. That's a lot. That's a that's a big number. Almost tops in the NFL. Tough, tough runner. Um, you know, almost in the Adrian Peterson mold where, where you got to get this guy. You can't let him get started. That was always the message with Coughlin when you're playing these running backs that are this good. You gotta, you cannot let him get started. 11 has to the ball, no missed tackles. Um, so that's the thing the Giants need to do. They have done a really good job last two weeks, guys. We were, you know, beating them up pretty good here early in the season for the missed tackles and rightfully so. But they have righted the ship and, and, and make no mistake about it. <clears throat> People will say that Mosley and Williams are the two best backers in this game. I would argue that Okereke and McFadden are right there on that level. Mm -hmm. They really are. Those two guys are playing exceptional football. So this is fun. Linebackers, linebackers, defense, defense, evenly matched teams. Um, it's going to come down to turnovers, as we always know in, in pro football. When teams are this evenly matched, who's going to not turn the ball over? You talk about Brian McFadden and, uh, I mean, Micah McFadden Micah, and Bobby yeah. Okereke. Last week, Micah McFadden, 89.8 PFF grade. Bobby Okereke, 90.8. So these guys have wow. been lights out. Last week against the Commanders, Paul, the Giants defensive line kind of, it looked like they showed up and they showed out, but it was against the Commanders. The Jets have a beat-up offensive line. Does this game run through the Giants defensive line again? 
Well, I mean, you can make a case it always does. You know what I mean? Um, um, you know, I think the Jets defense, the Jets offensive line has held up. You know, they've held up. They, you know, they get the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands really quickly. Um, you know, I don't think they're a stud offensive line. Certainly, you know, Dwayne Brown is still out. You know, they they have they they've had to do something. Look, we know all about makeshift offensive lines. The Giants have been doing it since, um, um, you know, week two of the season. You know, basically uh, after the first quarter when Andrew Thomas got hurt in the opener, um, even though he gutted out that game. Um, look, Dexter Lawrence is coming off a great game. Uh, Leonard Williams, you know, it's an, he's an interesting guy. You know, the big cat. Uh, he spoke earlier this week. Um, and, you know, he said, you know, I almost don't even remember I played for the Jets because I've been with the Giants so long now. Well, he played 70 games for the Jets. I think he's played 61 for the Giants. Um, mm. um, he said, I kind of liked your, the tradition here a little more with the Giants. Um, you know, Leonard did not do a lot of winning with either team, right? Last year was the first time he made the playoffs. He did not do a lot of winning with the Jets. He did not do a lot of winning with the Giants. Um, you know, and he's interesting. You know, what kind of what kind of. Um, you know, what's running through his veins this week? You know, he never, you know, he's not the kind of guy who, who you know, I want to go out and, you know, prove anything or anything. You know, he's he's a cool, calm customer. But, you know, this game has got to mean something to him. It really does. You know, he said he gets texts from guys. Um, you know, I know he and Mosley know each other, um, certainly. Uh, so, um you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's a game where these guys up front, um, you know, once again, last week, the, the Giants defensive linemen heard about these four first round picks from the commanders right and you know you guys are second fiddle and they outplayed them now this week all you hear about is the jets defensive line rightly so they're terrific um, um brian dable said they come at you like hockey shifts you know i mean it's like a hockey shift you know they don't have four they have seven yeah. they just come at you they come at you mm -hmm. even though they don't have a tremendous amount of sacks that defensive line Quinn, Quinn williams has a half a sack but he's, you know, he's a time bomb waiting to explode, certainly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would behoove the Giants if they um, have the same push they had last week. Let's go to the secondary, because this Giants secondary mm -hmm. looked like they held their own against the Washington Commanders receivers. I feel as though they can do the same thing against a Garrett Wilson, uh, Alan Lazard, a Randall Cobb, and those guys. Do the Giants secondary have the advantage in this matchup times? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on, obviously, who's going to get the matchup with uh, Garrett Wilson. And, and don't underestimate, uh, Conklin's a very, very good tight end. He's having a nice season, yeah, uh, but it's just those two guys you really have to worry about. Randall Cobb's 80 years old. <laughs> he's only on the team because of Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's the only reason he's in there. He's not very good anymore. Um, so, I, Garrett Wilson, like I said, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall with the sprinkle of Conklin. Um, but I do like our matchups there. Um, like I said, this game is pretty evenly matched across the board. It really is. And I know you didn't ask, but, of course, the Jets secondary, this Jordan Whitehead kid, three picks, game one, none since. Um, but if you look really deep into the stats, it may not hold true to what everyone thinks, but Deontay Banks is having a better year than Sauce Gardner. That's just the facts. Go look at the completion percentage against, yeah. Give me Deontay Banks. Both great young corners, but, um, yeah, I'll take our secondary just by a hair over – because of our health, right? They have a lot of corners out. I know I know Deontay's given up a couple touchdowns. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking yep. about completions against things like that. But our secondary is healthy. Their secondary is a little bit reeling. DJ Reed and some of these other guys are – we don't know what's happening there. So, so – 
So let's Riverside that. We'll start when we talk about the Giants offense. We'll start with the pass game against this Jets defense and this Jets secondary. Both guys practice uh, in terms of Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Both uh, both practice. Okay. This defense is built to keep everything in front of them. Rush four, play seven uh, behind. I think it kind of goes. I, it, that kind of plays into the advantage for the Jets because this Giants offense, when it comes to putting together and sustaining a drive, they've managed to beat themselves. That holding call, that holding penalty, something happens, whether it's a false start, something happens on the offensive side to where the Giants kind of take themselves out of it. I would like to see the deep ball this game, but I'm not calling for, I'm not going to stand on my Apple box and, and, and pound my chest for it because I would like to see completions. I'd like to see rhythm this week and I would like to see them take shots when they get a chance to take a shot. Do you think Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, and these guys, these deep, th these deep threat receivers for the Giants, how big is it for them to be in factor in play this week, Paul, against this Jets secondary? Well, look, I, I mean, I, 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 first of all, I think though the two cornerbacks are going to play. You know, yep. I mean, I mean, yep. they they going through the concussion protocol. They were on the field, so unless there's a setback, I would expect them to play. You know, the bye week came at a great time for them, right? Mm -hmm. They had concussions, then they had they missed the game, and then they had a week off. So that's you know, really good for guys coming off concussion. You don't want to have to rush those things. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, all due respect to Deontay Banks, Lawrence, um, you know, and you can go by the number. Sauce Gardner is the real deal. You know, he is the real deal. And I, I don't I don't think Deontay is in that. Um, I don't think Deontay is as good as Sauce Gardner right now. OK, I think, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I think people will throw at Deontay. We, I don't we've heard your cornerback evaluations, Paul. We've heard those before. You didn't like Cordell yeah. Flott either. Now he's kind of this great slot corner i am the db well, evaluator deontay banks okay that's fine that's fine I, I, how does a kicker become a, a, a defensive back guy I, because I, I was a secondary player in high school i worked with the secondary in practice so i just have an eye i have wait, an wait, eye you worked like, with the secondary was, in practice with the giants you worked with the absolutely secondary? i got what db sweet towels from Corey webster i was an yeah. honorary db i i did the drills with peter junta and dave merritt I was always the guy throwing the rock, getting the guys ready, breaking on the ball. You know, Peter Gentle was an older guy, and right, he didn't right. have the wing I had. And I could, you know, listen, I'm I'm a above-average athlete, and I could really throw them things in there, get the boys ready. How Austin. long were those passes? Five yards? Five yards? No. Should, just, hey, whatever you needed. Did you need you need one in the flats? <laughs> did you need one over the top? No, no. Oh, did you did the here? bad ball? Did you, you did the did bad need... ball drill with them. Oh, you man. did the bad ball drill, right? You, 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 no, they said, no, no. That, so, you threw it here. You no, threw it but, here. but in all seriousness, I really throw. do think, having played that position in high school, I was a, I was a safety, it, but being around those guys and seeing Aaron Ross, Corey Webster, Antro Roll, Kenny Phillips, I know what it looks like. I really do. And I just kind of, I did that. I don't think you knew that. I didn't advertise that, but that I did that I, for Peter Jenta and Dave Merritt. All right, Lawrence Tynes, Lawrence Tynes, the DB whisperer. DBs! We got to we got to get in the DBs. I, I, I want to, you must have been a one deep safety. They, Lawrence, they kept on saying, you back a step, back a step, back a step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Whatever the furthest back, back was, put me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got, we got to see. First, remember the first. I got to get some tape play hmm? remember the first play in preseason right double move jalen hyatt on sauce right the first yeah, sauce play. is going to bed uh, thinking about that brian dable was asked about that the other day and he hmm. said yeah i thought it would be a good first play there is no question that they did that just to say let's see what the rookie has it's a preseason game it doesn't really matter if it connects 
and we're going to put this on tape for the um, the week eight game against the Jets. So, um, look, is Sauce Gardner going to bed scared that he's going to get a double move from Jalen Hyatt? No. Maybe the first play is a fake double move and he catches a 15-yard pass. I don't know, but it's fun. It's fun. And Jalen Hyatt, you know, uh, you know what I liked about him last week? He connects on two long completions from Tyrod Taylor, right? And he said, no, those are routine plays we have to make. Those are routine. He thinks a 40-yard pass is a routine play he has to make. Good mindset, right? Good mindset. That's why they brought him in there. That's why he's rocking that 13. And Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback who threw it to Jalen in the preseason game. So those two are going to be back out there. And it's anxious. We're anxious to see this Giants pass game against the secondary. Uh, We're going to get into the Giants run game when we talk predictions because we're going to talk about Saquon's uh, over-under when it comes to total yards and rushing yards. But right now, we got to throw it to Know Your Enemy. He's our colleague. He's our friend. He's Jets beat writer for the Post. He's Brian Costello. All right, let's break down the Giants-Jets game from the hashtag tank flight point of view. You know him as a Jets beat writer for The Post and co-host of the Gangs All Here podcast. Brian Costello is on for this segment of Know Your Enemy. Uh, Kaz, a lot of these Giants fans have been checked out of what's been going on at one Jets drive since, I guess, the fourth play of the season. So we need you to get them all caught up. Thanks for hopping on with us. I guess we can start with the health and the storylines out in, uh, in Jets camp. Uh, who's healthy, who may or who may not play? Yeah, I mean, Brandon, the, the big one is they're banged up on the offensive line uh, with Joe Tipman, the rookie who's been playing right guard for the last month or so. He's uh, He injured his quad in the game against the Eagles, didn't practice Wednesday. I, I suspect he won't play on Sunday against the Giants, which means Wes Schweitzer would play. That'll be their third right guard because Elijah Vera Tucker started the year there and Vera Tucker was lost for the season a few weeks ago. So they're, they're, they're playing some backups. So, you know, familiar story for Giants fans who've watched what happened with their offensive line. The Jets are also banged up. And then the other one to watch, Brandon, is uh, the cornerbacks. You know, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner both missed the game against the Eagles with a concussion. Uh, they, you know, they I do think they'll be back against the Giants. They, they have to go through some more steps to clear the protocols, but – that's really just kind of crossing T's and dotting I's at this point. They weren't able to do it during the bye week because there was no practice. They practiced fully Wednesday. I expect them to be on the field on Sunday. Uh, let's talk about the effects of this banged-up Jets offensive line. Uh, how do you think the Jets offense now is going to match up against this Giants defense who looks like it's been trending in the right direction these last couple yeah. of weeks? Yeah, that's the top. I mean, that's the key of the game for the Jets to me is how they answer the, you know, Wink's pressures and everything they're going to throw at the Jets because they played okay. You know, the big concern coming into the year was the offensive line, and they've been okay. They have not been a liability to the point where they're losing the Jets' game since, you know, week two against Dallas was rough, but the last few weeks they've been okay. Can they handle Wink? You know, it's on the line. It's also on Zach Wilson. Can he make the right reads, call the right protections, and can Nathaniel Hackett come up with something to, to go against this this Giants defense that looks like it's hitting its stride? But that's going to be the key to the whole game to me for the Jets, Brandon, is, is what they can do against this Giants defense. Jets defense has definitely looked like they've already hit their stride. And in fact, Brian Dable gave praise to the Jets defense in terms of the way they take the ball away in their red zone defense. So can this Jets deforce Tyrod Taylor into some turnovers? That's what they've been doing all year, Brandon. And the question now is can they sustain it, right? They Last year they really didn't force turnovers, especially down the stretch, and that was the big problem 
this year they've been great at causing turnovers and they've got them against some really good quarterbacks. You know, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen have eight combined interceptions against the Jets. So they've done it. So I, I do think they can, they'll be able to do it against Tyrod. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Jets attack him and, you know, can they sustain this level of play that they've been at defensively because they've really been carrying the team. If you watch the Eagles game, they, the Jets could only kick field goals until they got an interception at the end of the game and then the Jets scored a touchdown. But it's, it's really been the defense carrying this team. If DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner don't play, are you worried about the back end, the secondary, giving up the deep ball? And you've seen the Giants' offense kind of opening up the deep ball and getting big plays uh, on the passing game and the offense. Could the deep ball be a liability if DJ Reed and or Sauce Gardner don't play? One, I think they're going to play. I don't okay. think there's any. They, okay. They're practicing fully. So I, do, I don't think there's any way they're missing this game. I mean, concussions, you never know. But DJ Reed's been out since the Kansas City game. He's already missed three weeks, three weeks if you count the bye, right? Sauce, Sauce said he felt fine before the Eagles game, but he was in the protocol. So I think they'll play. That being said, you know, the secondary did a really good job against the Eagles without those two guys. And the way that. Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich play defense is to keep everything in front of them. So their, their objective is not to give up any explosives and they'll give you, you know, they'll give you dinking and dunking. That's the way to beat the jets. I mean, that's how the Cowboys beat the jets is, is they just Dak just took everything that was given to him. I think he went 31 of 38 in that game, but none of the passes were that long. He just took what was given to him and they just drove down the field. The Jets want you to have to methodically work down the field because they feel like they can't, you can't do that all game. So uh, I, I wouldn't be worried about the deep ball even without them, but I do think those two guys will be on the field. Uh, looks like we got to go to pause on Sauce Gardner versus Jalen Hyatt part two. Uh, and let's see if Tyrod Taylor will take what this Jets defense gives them. Uh, there's there's three phases to football, cause and the Jets special teams has been pretty pretty great this year. How do you think the special teams will play a part in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, Brandon, you can make the argument that Greg Zerline and Thomas Morstead have been the Jets' most consistent players. Like, they, the kicker and punter have been great this year, and that hasn't always been the case with the Jets. <laughs> if you follow the Jets, they've gone through a lot of kickers and punters through the years, but they've been really, really good. And, you know, the Jets, like like I talked about, they struggled to score touchdowns, but Zerline has been money. Uh, he's been kicking field goals really well. And then Morstead... Just had back-to-back weeks where they had safeties against the Chiefs and the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And that was really, you know, Morstead set that up. He pinned the teams inside the 10, and then the defense did the rest. So they've been good. And then Xavier Gibson obviously had the big return in week one against Buffalo to win the game. Uh, he was a little banged up last week, but I think he's back. Um, so, you know, I, I think the return game we'll see, but I do think the Jets' kicking game is solid. Yeah, Xavier Gibson, I love what he does on the punt return level, but I like how they use him on offense as well. He definitely is the X factor in this game. Brian Costello, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for that, Kaz. Uh, This Giants defensive line versus this banged-up Jets offensive line. Circle it. That's what you need to keep your eye on because the Giants defensive line can control this game. All right, now you know how we feel about the matchup. Thank you, Kaz, for breaking down how he feels about this matchup. Now let's go into the locker room. I got a chance to talk to former Jet, now Giants safety Jason Pinnock, and slot receiver Wondell Robinson. All right, I'm here with Giants wide receiver Wondell Robinson. Wondell, you guys have had a chance to watch the tape, break down the Commanders game. Uh, where are you guys at? 
offensively going into week eight? Um, we know we left a lot of points out there on the field, and um, obviously we're happier to come away with the win and um, just know that there was plenty of things to clean up and um, could have had plenty of more points out there on the field. So, When you say there's things to clean up, when you say there's, there's, there's points that was left out there on the field, yeah. how do you clean it up? Like, What's the how, the solution yeah. to clean that stuff up? Uh, I mean, it starts on the practice field, um, executing each and every day out there and taking all the details 100% um, and not uh, lack, lacking on anything. So um, it starts with all of us. and. Um, just going out there and executing takes on 11. So, what's the accountability been like in meetings? Um, I mean, it's been pretty high. I mean, everybody's keeping each other accountable. Um, if somebody does one thing wrong, somebody's letting them know about it, and um, not in a bad way or anything. Everybody wants the best for everybody. So, yourself and Jalen Hyde are two young guys that Brian Dable has talked about wanting to get out there, wanting to get reps. You had the one catch for 22 yards. Mm -hmm. Nice way to get yak on that, but but what's, what's what's that like to know that your coach wants you out there, wants to get you to rock, and wants to get you targeted? I mean, it's really nice. Um, I mean, knowing that he's trying to design plays for us to get the ball and get the ball in our hands to make explosive plays. I mean, that's why they drafted us. So um, we're just going to continue to go out there each and every week, just working hard and doing what we can to help our team win. Talk about a, a pretty elite front seven for this New York Jets defense uh, on the outside in the slot. Where are they weak? How can you guys attack them? Without giving, I know you're not going to give us too much X's and O's, but where, you know, where, where could you guys, where do you see you guys having some success at? I mean, it's a zone-based defense, but um, at the end of the day, we have to execute on our part and do what we have to do, um, catch and run, doing those little things, making sure we're catching the ball, locking it up whenever um, those DBs want to get physical. So um, I wouldn't say there's really any weak point with them, but um, they're a fast-flowing defense, and they do a really good job as well. It's Jets, Giants. I expect to see a lot of green at MetLife Stadium. I know it's a Giants home game, but at the end of the day, they have a rabid fan base. Uh, have you guys talked about what it could be like in terms of noise control when you guys are on offense? Um, I mean, if, if, if it's like anything like an away game, um, I mean, we know we'll be ready for our silent counts and things like that. But um, hopefully the big blue shows up and shows out so we don't have to worry about that too much. Touchdowns in the second half. How big are they going to be to close out this game and uh, get yourself a W? Um, they're going to be really big. Um, that's like, like the last game, we felt like we left a lot of points out there in the second half and um, could have put the game away earlier. And the way our defense was playing, it was really, really nice too. So. All right, good luck on Sunday, man. Yes, sir, thank you. What's going to be like playing the team that drafted you and cut you? You're a starter here. You're making plays. You even said that the cut was kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Do you still see it that way? Yeah, I still do. Uh, I'm a big believer that God going to put me where I need to be. Uh, it's no, no bigger game to me. Um, like everybody's like a revenge week, but um, man, it's ball to me. You know, it's another team. But at the end, it is just ball. Man. It is another game, but this is a team that I mean, you were a Reavers fan. You went to Pitt. I I read the story. I read the story. You were a Jets fan growing up. You kind of you gotta have a little bit extra on the edge, you know, for this one. For sure, for sure. Uh, like you said, I mean, yeah, it ain't no secret. Uh, got drafted to the team of my. You know, that was my team growing up, uh, being in New England. You know, I was, it was either Patriots or Jets, you know, and that was me. Uh, I was a Jets fan, got, got the call, and also got disappointed. So, obviously, I got some stuff to get off, but, you know, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Well, get it off your chest then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but, but all right, now let's, let's talk ball now, man. Mm -hmm. Defense been playing lights out the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You guys are trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Are you where you need to be going into week eight? Uh, where we need to be, no. Uh, obviously, the record would show that. Um, we take a lot on our, you know, our plate defensively. Um, we just want to keep growing each each week, and that's something we have been doing. Uh, our focus, we've been getting better. So, actually, I will say, you know, we are turning in the right direction. What's left, though? Uh, just keep getting that ball, man. You get the ball, that's hard to win in this league, you know. So, Zach Wilson, uh, Garrett. 
Wilson, you know, they've they got receivers. Zach Wilson's a streaky type quarterback. How do you kind of minimize him, don't let him get hot, and how do you get takeaways from him? Uh, he, 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 he's going to use his feet. Uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of his plays where he's made and different uh, than the other QBs in this league is his feet. You know, he's going to extend plays, 17 is a – He's an all-around receiver. You know, I've been saying that since he got there. Um, he's one of those guys, so we're going to have to shut that down. All right, man. Good luck on Sunday. And then uh, thank you for telling us what you want to tell us without telling us. I saw for you sure. think. For sure. What a story for Jason Pinnock to be able to go out there and play against the team that drafted him, then cut him, and now you're playing for the team that you're making plays for. I, I mean, I root for a guy like that. I root for stories like that. And we didn't get a chance to break down this matchup from the special teams point of it in the first block. So we're going to come back to it before we get into the predictions, the prop bets, and, of course, the over-unders. Paul, special teams mean so much when you're talking about two teams whose offense is struggling and their defense is that their identity. Special teams has to come to play. Who's got the edge in this matchup for this game? Well, you know, if, if punt returners muff the ball, you don't have an edge. I mean, that's yeah. all there is to it. I mean, yeah. Last week was, you know, Lawrence, you know, I'll, I'll ask you in a minute about this, but, you know, that was not professional to watch, you know, guys muffing punts. You know, it really, it was ridiculous. You know, Eric Gray, who, you know, I don't think he's looked really that comfortable all, you know, some are doing it. And, you know, they kind of force-fed him into that role. He muffs it, then he hurts a calf, he's out. You know, Sterling Shepard, you know, Sterling Shepard has not done it. He, he does it in practice a couple of times. I asked Sterling about it, and he was, you know, on Wednesday, he had the muff, and, um, you know, it gives the uh, commanders the ball on a 21-yard line. It's the only points the commanders got. They score a touchdown. That could have cost them the game. And, you know, you know, Sterling was like, it's difficult, man. Punts ain't an easy thing. My first time back there, he said, those guys catch a punt, and everyone is just like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. If something can go, you know, if something goes wrong back there, it can cost you the game. Interestingly, he said he played one year at Oklahoma with Tressway. Okay. Tressway's last year was his mm. first year at Oklahoma. Mm. So he said, I used to be in practice and watch those guys, and they had all sorts of problems catching the ball. He's a lefty kicker, things like that. He said the wind was really bad. He said, I would start out to the right, and it would end up all the way on the left side of the field. So, um, you know, I don't think Sterling's going to be back there. They signed um, Gunnar Alshevsky, um, <laughs> who, um, you know, has a history as a punt returner. He was a all-pro in 2020. He also has nine career fumbles, um, mm. I think, for lost fumbles. The, you know, Steelers couldn't wait to get rid of him because he, uh, of his ball security issues. He also had a bad uh, misplay on a kickoff. He stepped out of bounds at the 10-yard line. So we'll see if he gets elevated. But... Um, you know, Lawrence, the wind, you know the wind better than anybody sitting here, obviously. Um, it really affected Sterling, didn't it? Really did. Yeah. It's that that is the tough side of the stadium, regardless of day. Like no matter even if it's not windy to maybe the public and the people in the stands, it's just always more difficult kicking that way, fielding punts that way, fielding kickoffs that way. But again, you gotta have a professional returner. This can't happen. This should be something that has been you know, buttoned up and put away and okay, we don't worry about it. And listen, yeah. Gunner has done a nice job in his career, but he has two fumbles this year and two lost fumbles this year. So what exactly are we getting? Sometimes you get a change of scenery and that's great. Uh, but I, you know, I'm going to actually, I don't know if the punter offsets. Jamie Gillen is the one guy on special teams having a fantastic season, but this Greg Zerline guy, long distance, hits him well, has no problems in that stadium. He's actually having the better year field goal wise. 
uh, a little bit of a wash. But I love the point you bring up, Brandon. This is where the game could be won or lost on special teams. If you have a turnover on special teams this week, you're probably going to lose the game because of how close this thing will be. So I remember Coughlin used to always get into these types of games and say, look, you guys go win it. We always felt like we carried a good special teams where we were better than the other team's special teams. And even if it's field position, it may be hidden yards. It may be where you start your drives. It may be where they start their drives. That's kind of the hidden game within the game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Jets, to be honest with you, overall uh, on special teams. I'm glad you said that, uh, Tynes, because then I'll wrap this up really fast. Being a core special teamer during my time in the NFL, this is our game. This is your game. If you're Carter Coughlin, yep. if you're Dar- Darnay Holmes trying to get back into the starting rotation as a DB, if you're Cam Brown, this is your mm-hmm. game. Go make an impact. You may not make an impact on the offensive, defensive set. Doesn't matter. This is what you're getting paid to do. This is your game to go and make an impact and to go change the game for your team to go win this game. All right, let's wrap that up. It's time to talk these prop bets and over-unders. Before we get into the predictions and our final thoughts, we'll start with the over-under for the game, and I'll go to you first, Paul, again. The over-under, 36 and a half. Ugh, that's kind of low. We're talking high school football right there. Uh, Paul, over-under. I think these teams combined for what, 31? Mm. Uh, the Jets are at 18.8. The Giants are 12.1. 12.1 points mm. per game. I mean, that is – I mean, it's 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 high school. Well, not high school. High school sometimes scores a lot of points. I mean, it's really bad. I'm going under. Um, you know, uh, the defenses are playing well on both teams. Offenses are not very good on both teams. Um, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Daniel Jones, we believe it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. Certainly, again, I'm going under. Times. Yeah, I'll go under here, too. I mean, both these offenses are pretty anemic. Um, but it could be could turn into a really kind of a fun game to watch. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about this game, but I'll go under here. I'm going to go under as well, uh, especially with the Jets' second-half defense. Their lights out and the Giants not being able to score in the second half. And in and, and the mm-hmm. words of, oh, well, indirectly the words of Paul, the math ain't math, and neither one of these teams are scoring that much. Uh, Garrett Wilson, over, under. 57 and a half yards receiving times. Ooh. Um, I'm actually going to go under here. I think you got to keep this guy at bay. I know if he has 100 and no touchdowns that he won't kill you. Uh, but I, I think the Jets are going to come at this game a little bit differently and uh, try and smash it down the Giants' throat. So I'll say under. Paul. Oh, I'll say over in a big way. That's not a lot of yards. Mm. I mean, I I understand they don't have a good passing attack. I understand that. But, um, you know, Zach Wilson, we've seen, you know, he targets him. You know, Wilson Wilson, he targets him. He really does. Um, um, I say over. I, You know, he's, you know, maybe not 100, but, yeah, he'll, he'll you know, he'll get five or six catches. And, and if he gets five or six catches at least, he's going to go over 60. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go slow, uh, slightly over on this one. It's not the deep ball I'm really worried about. I think Tay Banks in the secondary kind of handle that, not giving up the big play, but it's those 11, 13, 15-yard catches that are going to add up, and you just don't want one of those to be in the red zone to result in a touchdown. Uh, Brees Hall rushing yards over under 65-and-a-half. Paul, start us off. I'll say over because he always gets one long one. He always gets mm-hmm. a long one. You know, he's a power back who runs really fast. You know, um, they're going to try to run the ball. Um, you know, he usually gets a 30, 40 yarder. And if he does, he's going to go over 65 and a half. So um, I'll give him over. Tines. 
Yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. The Giants are not real good against the run. Uh, Brees Hall is a top five back in the NFL. I like watching this kid play. I like watching him run. So I'm going to go well over 65 and a half. I'm going to go under. I think between he and Dalvin Cook, they both get around that 60-yard mark. And, you know, that's a buck 20 uh, combined. But also, Brees Hall in space, when he catches the ball in space, whether it's flats, whether it's on the screen, he gets busy in space. He's a hard guy to bring down. So I think that's where he's more dangerous when it comes to this game, this Wink Martindale mm-hmm. defense, getting the ball in space and breaking some tackles. Last Come, but not Coming le- off an ACL too, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, it looks good. That sounds good. Yep. It's impre- what he's done has really kind of blown me away. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Uh, last but not least, Saquon total yards, 118 times. Yep, going to need 2-6 to have a good game here, big game. Um, I think a lot of things obviously run through him. We know what he brings to this football team. And and if the Giants are going to win, uh, who I'm going to pick to win, uh, he needs over 118 total yards. So, yeah, I'll go over. Paul? I'm going to go under. Um, Jets are tough. Jets' defense is tough. Um, you know, Saquon's done okay. Um, you know, his, his big contribution last week was that, you know, catch and run 32-yard touchdown, which was – you know, a, you know, a little catch and big run, which is terrific, um, terrific for an offense. Um, but um, uh, I think they're going to load up to stop him. I really do. And um, I think it's going to be hard. I think the, the yards are going to be slow sledding for Saquon. So I'll go under. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, uh, Paul. Uh, the Eagles, DeAndre Swift was held to 1.8 yards per carry against the Jets. I think it's one of those games where if the Giants are going to be like, hey, Zach Wilson has to beat us, then the Jets are going to be like, all right, Tyrod Taylor has to beat us. They're going to stock up. All right, let's get to these predictions and our final thoughts. Paul, start us off. I'll go, then Tynes, kick us home as usual. Uh, go, predictions and final thoughts, Paul. Okay, a quick final thought is, look, I've covered a bunch of these Jet Giant games. They feel different. You know, Lawrence talked about it. Um, You know, know, 2011 was obviously, you know, a memorable game. Um, uh, You know, just Giants didn't lose after that. They won. That was the first of six straight victories, and they went on to win the Super Bowl again. Um, um, Look, ownership, they're business partners, right? John Maris, Steve Tisch, and Woody Johnson, they're business partners. They own MetLife Stadium together. They have good relationships. Um, but they want to beat each other. They both want to be top dog. They notice who's on the back page. They notice who's getting the headlines. They notice who, which team is being talked about on the nightly news first. Um, the Giants love the Jets as long as the Giants are the top dog and they're the big brother and the Giants and the Jets are the little brother. And the Jets have forever had a little brother complex. Um, it was called Giant Stadium. We know that. They feel it's not their stadium now, even though it's 50-50. So this game means a lot to ownership. Obviously, it means a lot to the fans. It means a lot to ownership. They like to beat the other team. I mean, bragging rights is a cliche, but it is a true cliche in this case with the owners and what they feel. So it's important. Um, my prediction is that the Jets will win. Um, the Jets have been the better team this year. They're three and three. They're coming off a bye. Now, I think they're like one in nine or something coming off buys yep. in their last 10 games. So that's something they're going to have to clean up. But um, the Jets, both teams are desperate. I just think the Jets are a little better. So I think they win. Uh, to the Giants, it's all hands on deck. This is a playoff game. You lose this one, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So when I say all hands on deck, that goes from the last guy on the practice roster to the core special teamers to the best player on the team. You know what gets you beat. 
You know what you can't do in terms of turning the ball over and stopping yourself on drives. You know you're going to have to rally, tackle against physical runners, and stop a big play receiver at the same time. Whatever, you got to be in your tablet a little extra. The separation is in the preparation, and it's there for the taking at a game where this is the Commanders 2.0. You get to play a Commanders team that's just a little bit better on the outside in the run game and defensively. Now's your chance to show that you can right the wrongs that you did last week and be able to beat a stable and solid football team and go on into another week still being alive mathematically, statistically, whatever it is, still still being alive in the playoff run. Uh, Giants 13-10, and I'm just throwing that mm. out there because it's going to be a low-scoring game, this one. But I still think it's going to come down to special teams somehow, some way. Tynes, it always comes down to special teams when you're on the board, and you've kicked two, you've kicked two of them things for the, for the glory. Take us home. Um, yeah, I'm going to put this game on the best part of the Giants team is the defense. As mm. well as they've been playing, the Giants DBs, the linebackers and the D-line, that's the only thing you can lean on. What can you lean on for the Giants offense? There's really not a whole lot you're going to lean on, right? You can't go into the game saying, we'll do 150 yards rushing. Well, this receiver will go off. This is on Wink Martindale. I like the defense against Zach Wilson. This is going to be a huge, huge turnover game. Whoever wins the turnover margin is going to win this game. We're going to look back on this show on Monday, and whoever won the turnover margin won the game. I'm going to guarantee it. Time for the Giants, as I said, honorary DB. I told you guys that earlier in the show to get nasty. Getting nasty. And that's who I am. Nasty nine. Corey Webster, Antrell Roll and the boys gave me these. Yep, you guys see these. What it looks like a sachet. Hold on, let me go across my body here. There we go. Nasty nine. Just get nasty with the Jets. Physical. Beat them up. Win a game. Get to three and five. Just get nasty. Can we get Paul one of those? No. He's not an honorary DB. <laughs> looks, like a, is Webby, looks like a soccer. Looks like a soccer. Looks like my, looks like my Arsenal team, the red and the white. Very oh, nice. Man. Nasty nine. Oh, it looks like kind gosh. of a scarf, right? But uh, yeah, we got to have Antrell on to tell the whole story. He'll tell you. Honorary DB. Nasty nine. Hey, Trell, we got to get you on, man. We got to hear the story, the backstory behind that. But it's time to get nasty at MetLife Stadium because Week 8 can't get here fast enough. Thank you all for watching this episode of Blue Rush. Remember, that subscribe button is you guys' friends. Subscribe to Blue Rush Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and give the New York Post Sports and SNY YouTube channels a follow for all the video videos from Blue Rush as well. New episodes drop. Monday morning following Giants games and of course Thursdays previewing the week ahead for Lawrence Tynes Paul Schwartz Nasty Nine is in the building ladies and gentlemen but I'm Brandon London your MC thanks for watching Blue Rush